0: Chicago, this is your new morning routine,
1: Cap and J-Hood. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, 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 on Chicago's home for sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood.
0: Good morning, everyone! Into a tight window, couldn't get it to Metcalf, though. Changes direction, sends it to the near side, and Christian McCaffrey's steady hands to get it. Season-high 41 points on a season-high 505 yards. So they'll settle in like the rest of us and see who's coming out here to Santa Clara next weekend. You want Jacksonville to set their sights likely on kansas city here we go for the win got it but there's a flag down there's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field but there's a penalty marker and they call it on the defense unbelievable that, that is unbelievable right there Tyreek Hill in the slot rushing for thompson Has to run away from the pressure.
1: Throws. Incomplete! Broken up by Elam. They were trying to get it to the tight end, Gesicki. And Buffalo takes over on downs. Fourth and eight. Game on the line. Cousins. Hawkinson. He
0: is not going to get there. And the Giants will take over. Season
2: on the line. Fourth and 20. Can Tyler Huntley do it.
0: Four-man rush. Retreating. It up for grabs, and it is. The fucking two almost had
2: it. He couldn't bring it in, and the Bengals survive. Wow! Here's one off
0: the right hand of Jones, incomplete, and the Buccaneers will turn it over on downs. He was outstanding as we watch Tom Brady come out to shake hands and find Dak Prescott. If in fact this is it. For Tom Brady, all I can say on behalf of all football fans is thank
2: you and appreciate the memories. What a career. What a weekend of football and oh God, welcome in to the Cap'n J. Hood Morning Show. Here on ESPN 1000, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We have got Shay. We got Johnny the Beatman. We got Charlie. We got you for a three-hour ride here with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going and watching all of our shows brought to you by Connie's Pizza and Cap. Boy, you talk about being locked in Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. Nothing like playoff football. Everyone's watching it in so many different storylines we saw on Super Wildcard Weekend.
1: I thought the weekend was outstanding. I know we had the discussion on Friday. Is it overrated, this Super Wild Card Weekend? The games aren't going to be any good, Cap. They're going to be blots. Last night aside, the rest of the weekend was spectacular football. It was filled with drama. Young quarterbacks. Dak Prescott at 29 is the oldest quarterback left in the NFL playoffs. So it is a young man's game going forward. The big question is, how far does our team, our Bears, have to go to get in that mix?
2: You can't help but to sit there wherever you're watching at your bar, your your man cave, your she shed, wherever you're watching the game. You can't help but to think about the Bears if you're a Chicago Bears fan, because you're thinking, Boy, what if, right? The big the two biggest words in entertainment, what if. What if the Bears were in that situation in the postseason? We don't see it very often around these parts, Cap, but when we do see the Bears in that spotlight, in that realm, it is fun because everyone's watching. People that usually don't watch football, use people that usually don't watch the Chicago Bears are watching because the Bears would be in the playoffs. I couldn't help but to think a couple of teams, one in the NFC, uh, in particular with the Giants, right? So the Bears did beat the Giants in the regular season, and the Giants won their game against the Vikings 31-24. to What? I'm sorry? What,
1: what, did we lose to the Giants? The, the, wait. The, the, we, played, we played them there. Yeah. The Giants. Giants there. and the Correct. Jets. Correct. They lost both. to both of them, right? Correct.
2: Didn't have very many wins this past season. I was just thinking about, you know, Daniel Jones. I'll use him as an example, right? He was amazing. So so what do you always always say? You always say, you know, when you have young talent, you just don't give up on it. You try to manifest it. You try to mold and shape it as much
1: as possible. Daniel Jones was dead
0: in New York. He He was was dead.
1: They were ready. Oh, we got Dable. Let's move on. They tried to sign our guy, Mitch.
2: Think about this. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's able to, by the way, Eddie from the north side and many others that don't think that you can run with the football. Here's a guy that doesn't really run, but he did what he could to try to help the team win by utilizing his legs and utilizing the running game to be able to beat the Minnesota Vikings. But just a team like the Giants or the team like the Jaguars, young team, same draft, right? Here's Trevor Lawrence in the same draft as Justin Fields. We're wondering, when will the Jaguars be able to take that next step? And here they are. They are able to get in the playoffs and win. Those two teams resonate with me a lot
1: That we saw the last few days. The question is how far it will take us to get there. And you watch a guy like Daniel Jones that you mentioned. He doesn't run as much as Justin. He has wheels. Yes. We've seen him use those wheels. Mm -hmm. It's not like Tom Brady trying to run or Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow doesn't run a lot. Daniel Jones with great coaching. Didn't have a great wide receiver room, got solid offensive line play, and has a superstar at running back. Mm-hmm. Not advocating you go out and spend the first pick on a running back. But th- he has impacted, now that Saquon's healthy, he has impacted what they're able to do. you got to be so focused on stopping him. Daniel Jones a perfect foil to play off of him like that. Mm-hmm. Can we do some of those things? Because our quarterback... Obviously, is mobile has a big arm. We got to surround him with pieces. I guess the whole point I'm trying to
2: make to you is like the running game still matters in the National Football League. If you can't run the ball, you cannot win. Yeah, period. I mean, there's not, nothing like a nice vertical passing game. It always helps. It not only the quarterback helps, not only the wide receiver helps, not only tight end helps, but also the officials help you too. If you need, if you have problems going down the field, have some pass interference calls. It'll the officials will help you get down the field. That's one thing. But I just think that when I look at Justin Fields and I think about the Bears, I think, man, if, if only if the Bears had several weapons at wide receiver. Tight end, I think it's solidified, at least for me. I like Cole Komet. I think that he gets a, more than a passing grade this I'd like past season. i like a second one. I'd sure. like another one. You can get, you can get one.
1: There's a Horse did out there for you. Now a little higher oh, level but, as a receiver.
2: Oh, something better.
1: Cole's an outstanding blocker. Mm-hmm. I think he had a really good year. And by the way, Just so you realize this, under Brian Dable, uh, Daniel Jones ran the ball double the number of times as he did a year ago under Joe Judge. Mm -hmm. 120 carries. He had 708 yards. So he used his legs a lot more this year than he ever had in the past.
2: It's commonplace in the National Football League. As much as I'd like for Justin to cut down on some of those runs, I think they will with talent, with the offensive line. I think it will be cut down. I won't say significantly, but some. I think as we move forward throughout his career, he won't have to be able to run all over the field. Um, but I, I would just say that Daniel Jones, a guy here that can run, yes, not necessarily the fastest quarterback out there, but just knowing that if Minnesota's not going to stop it, you continue to run your quarterback. That's exactly what he did. It helped the, the Giants win that game.
1: Did you ever think, looking at a guy he is, Daniel Jones, looking at a guy like that under the right coaching, mm-hmm. he could take the step and you go, whoa, we got to pay that dude. Because they're going to have to pay him. Sure. Sure. And rightfully
2: so, Cap, because you'd rather pay for something that you know versus something that you don't. You'd rather do it that way. But what about your what about your guy Trevor Lawrence though?
1: I love Trevor because
2: Lawrence. because within that within that draft you had a choice. If you're the Jaguars, you said, you know what, we're not going to dumb the room. We're going to take Clemson's own Trevor Lawrence. But you wonder whether or not that would ever manifest itself. It never was going to happen under Urban Meyer. Even though Urban Meyer is a good coach, it's just that all the stuff around that Toxic. Jaguars team wasn't not very good. Toxic. So what's the difference now? Now here's the guy in in. Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence that gave it up like a Pez dispenser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so the Jaguars led the third largest comeback in NFL history, and the fifth largest overall in their 31-30 victory against the Chargers. But see, even though we like what we saw in the second half from the from the Jaguars, that's that's the same Trevor Lawrence that threw four interceptions in the first half.
1: Yeah, now the first Sophie. one. Well, the first one was tipped off of somebody's helmet, I think. But he had a couple of the four of the four. At least two of them were like, "What are you looking at?" Cap in the in the record book, it goes down as four interceptions.
2: True, it came off his hand. Now he, I'm not saying he's a finished product, but that's a step in the right direction, which I love to see for Justin as well. You're in the playoffs, and your team was able to overcome four interceptions. You, you come back to win that ball game. So I mean, again, a, a good step, and I couldn't help but to think. Boy, what if? When when can the Bears
1: be in that same scenario? Let me playoffs? ask you l- Let me ask you this question. Yes, Coach Moore of the playoffs. Shay, Jonathan, Johnny the beatman, Charlie. What is Brian Dable doing that Matt Negie didn't do in his first year? Matt Nagy was the NFL coach of the year. They went 12 and 4. We were having fun with Santa Slay and all these other Fun plays, and the players are going, man, the culture up here is so great. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, we we hit a home run. Ryan Pace hit a home run getting Matt Nagy. Four years later, we're like, get out. Yeah. All of us. Mm -hmm. So what makes Brian Dable to this point, maybe four years from now it'll be different. What makes Brian Dable to this point in one year any different than Matt Nagy was at the end of 2018?
2: Well, clearly there is a culture that is different about the Giants than it was under Joe Judge.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the, you have a healthy Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. If Joe Judge all the way throughout his tenure had a healthy Saquon Barkley, is it a different scenario? Are the Giants still in this situation? Because that, that's a big factor, too. He got injured here, he did. Barkley, yep. at Chicago.
1: He did, right on the sideline toward the ACL. If he's never injured, is Joe Judge still the coach there? Maybe. I think so. He's that good a player. I think so. Now, I'm not advocating that you take a running back. What they take him at, number two? Mm -hmm. But he's an amazing football player. It's a difference-making player. Yes.
2: Also this, something that we don't really talk about enough, players see through your BS. Mm -hmm. If you're Joe Judge and you're a first year head coach, your first time being a head coach, and you come for the Belichick system and you're trying to be Belichick, uh, players see that. Mm -hmm. Like, are you really being yourself or are you trying to be the guy that you just left? Which is also the problem with Matt Patricia, trying to be someone that you're not. Correct. You might have been under someone's tree, doesn't necessarily have to be that person. Correct. You could take bits of everything that you've learned and then add it to your personality. But it's still got to be you, authentically you. I think that Joe Judge, as tough as he was and knocked a battery off my shoulder and very direct, cool. That's what Belichick was. But who are you?
1: Special, you have, you special have teams to guy? win to prove to do that. Special
2: teams guy? Who are you? Right. You, so even in the NFL, not the NBA, but also in the NFL, you've got to be able to garner respect. You give respect, you get respect for being
1: yourself, whoever you are. So answer that question. How do you? Is Brian Dave, boy, they're, people want him for coach of the year. They're ready to build a statue at a giant stadium. And how is he any different than the guy we had in 2018? The end of the 18th year, boy, if Mitch could take the next step, mm-hmm. this thing's going to be built and ready to go. Funny And thing, not, not so much. Funny thing about coaches, as you well know,
2: some can unlock the mystery of players that are underachieving. Mm-hmm. Again, Daniel Jones was out the door. Like, oh, it's an overreach by Gettleman. Oh, my God. And they did not
1: pick up his option, correct? That's correct. Okay. So they didn't pick up his option. So he's a free agent. Now they got to make a decision. Do we give this guy all that money? Do we tag him for 40-some million dollars a year? A year ago, people were like, what? Well, the answer is yes.
2: In this climate, absolutely. Right. What you have versus what you don't. I think I
1: learned to have what I have. And then instead of starting over. Think about it. So if you're one of those teams thinking, I need to trade up with the Chicago, with Chicago mm-hmm. because C.J. Stroud came out yesterday. Bryce Young is in the draft. Will Levis is in the draft. If you evaluate all of them, do you go, I got to give them how many draft picks and what player? I'll just sign Daniel Jones.
2: It's the, price, it's the price of poker. But I'd rather stick with, okay, boy, he's developed quicker than I thought. We'll have to give him the money. It's your money. Big deal. You you ride with what you have. You're 9-7-1, and, and you want a playoff game. That says a lot for that franchise. No question. Because we we bitch about the Bears, and rightfully so, because we're Bears fans. Ask Giants fans what it's been like, how, how, the drought that they've been on, under the tissues and the marrows. Just like us. Not great. Awful. Not great. Correct. So, Shane, let's open the phone lines. A couple of questions that Cap and I want to talk to you about. Three one two three three two espn three three two three seven seven six is our telephone number. First of all... Uh, you watched football like Cap and I watch football. You saw the games, or at least you know the score. We want to find out from you what was the, the best team that you saw. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What was the best team that you saw for wild card weekend? That's number one. Number two, when we talk about the Jaguars and the Giants... Are the Jags and Giants proving us wrong about the future of the Bears? Jags got to the playoffs and won a game. Giants got to the playoffs and won a game. So are the Jags and Giants proving us wrong about the future of the Chicago Bears? And also, what was the best team that you saw uh, either Saturday, Sunday, or Monday in the NFL playoffs? Cap and I will take your phone calls coming up. On the right In it's the Cap and J Hood Morning Show.
1: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and J-Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. It's
2: the Captain J-Hood morning show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us. I to let you know that the new president of the Chicago Bears, Kevin Warren, uh, it will be introduced to the press at House Hall. Uh, this afternoon, Carmen and Yurko will break that uh, press conference down once it's done. Listen to them between 12 and 2 right here on ESPN 1000. And they'll play back uh, some of the comments from the new president of the Bears, Kevin Warren. Pretty excited about what uh, President Warren's got to say about the Chicago Bears. If you're just joining us, Cap and I are talking about the playoffs. What was the best team that you saw? Uh, if you, I know you watch football. Just because the Bears didn't play, I'm sure that you were watching because Cap and I were watching. What was the best team that you saw? Also, when we talk about the Jags and Giants, are they proving us wrong about the future of the Bears? Do you think that the Bears and some of you are optimistic about the Bears? that feel like okay, it was a bad season this year, but free agency, draft, all of a sudden, the Bears can be a contender. So we want to get your thoughts on it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Cap, the best team that I saw um, was the San Francisco 49ers uh, with their win against Seattle, forty-one twenty-three. Let's push the opponent aside, because I don't think you and I thought that Seattle would win that game. They were also winning at the half, correct? Correct. Yeah. I just want to tell you about San Francisco that I'm so impressed by what Brock Purdy has done. So he delivers a record-breaking playoff debut. He surpasses Dan Marino as the youngest player in NFL history with 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in a playoff game. We talked about there are two seventh-rounders, Skylar Thompson from Miami and this kid. How in the bleep
1: is this happening? How's this happening? Because people can't stay healthy. Both are third string. If you had told their coaches at the start of the year, guess what? You're going to the playoffs. Hey, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're starting seventh-round rookie. What? Right? I just think it's
2: it's amazing. Like. I could say that Shanahan in the system or do we give Brock Purdy credit I mean Purdy is now passed for a touchdown in seven straight games including the playoffs the second longest streak in uh, 49ers history and the longest for a rookie in that spot I'm just impressed by what the 49ers have done
1: I really am I love the the um, humbleness of Brock Purdy mm-hmm. they said hey did you see that King James tweeted at you? he was LeBron was just all in on Purdy he's like who LeBron tweeted about me yes that's amazing yes yeah. it was just, it's cool to see somebody not jaded yet by the big money and the holdouts and the, he's just playing ball man it's I, awesome it's something to be said about systems though
2: right because the other game with uh, Skyler Thompson we never thought that the the Dolphins could win that game but Look how plucky they were, how they stayed in the ball game, where Thompson did not look overwhelmed. Did he make mistakes, yeah, I mean, he's a seventh round pick he 's going to make mistakes he 's not the starter of the team. He just happened to be in the starter for the playoffs. but I just said, I think that says a lot for the league cap, where you have your veteran quarterbacks that we know. guys that are on the precipice of going to the Hall of Fame. We have this middle group of young quarterbacks, the next generation they're in their 20s right. Then you get this other this other group of guys that are low picks and you say well we have to break glass in case of emergency we're going to bring them in and they just don't look overwhelmed they don't look like they're running you know 50 yards backwards because here comes the defense they know the system and they are able to work in that system two seventh rounders looked pretty solid i thought and on over the weekend
1: yeah and there were some communication issues getting plays in in miami yeah and i know people are all over the coach because he i believe he sends the plays at least he's the play caller It may go to the OC, to the quarterback through the communication system, but it's Mike McDaniel that people are saying is the play caller, and they couldn't get all the calls in. And after the game, they said, Look, there were some issues. He's a seventh round rookie. Yes. He's trying to go through his progressions, he's trying to make changes, he's trying to this. He's trying. It's just a tough situation, man, against a really good football team on the road. Does that make
2: you optimistic at all, though?
1: For the Bears, yeah.
2: I mean, just seeing this, right? I mean, it, like, I just think that if you have a a plan in place offensively, again, we're talking about two nobodies in this in the seventh round. They're able to do and play, I think, relatively well in their system. But you put some players along with a cap,
1: look out. I just, we had this discussion in our morning meeting. Are the Jags and Giants the blueprint where a year from now the Bears can be there? I don't believe that. So, I, mean, I want them to. What about the Giants,
2: though? Isn't that the better example? Run the football, strong defense. You're not, you're not uh, setting the world on fire offensively. Is that kind of what you want?
1: It is. I just think their roster is far superior to the Bears roster. No question. I, but, I'm in system. And Stars, the Bears are, what, eight blue-chip impact guys away at least? And then it's depth. And Poles talked about about that with the media when he was on with us. He talked about the depth on the roster is a big concern. You can go get, hey, we traded for that receiver, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or whoever's going to be out there. What happens if they go down? You're right back to E.Q. Brown and those types. We are stack a good free agent class on top of a really good draft class on top of another free agent class on top of another draft class, then I think you might have a roster that's competitive. So the Lions. Lions' roster
2: is way no, better than the Bears. But you, know, but you know what you know what you just said, though. You were talking about those you know, stacking draft classes, mm-hmm. getting the free agency, and then you're going to be where you want to be. You, what which, which you just described sounds like Detroit. Correct. Like it, you need to take a few
1: years for you to get there, more yeah. than a few. And maybe a few is too much, but certainly I I don't see other than what Sylvie calls the pop up next year. The Bears are built for sustained success. I don't see that in one year. I don't. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, that, and hope this, I'm wrong. Yeah, and that's the question we're talking about because of the Jags and the Giants, and we're just talking about. Um, what you saw over the weekend. The can most... I ask a question quickly? Until mm-hmm. I... Yeah, let me tease this first, and then you can jump right in. So we're talking about um, are the Jags and the Giants, are they proving us wrong about the future of the Bears, and also just the team that impressed you the most uh, on this wild card weekend? Shay.
3: Just I, one thing I can't wrap my head around. Why, when we talk about the Bears, if they could be good next year, because we keep seeing these worst-to-first teams or these bad teams, that, look, the Giants and Jags, Won a combined seven games last year, and they're both in the divisional round. Why does the Bears being good next year mean that they, it couldn't possibly be sustained? Why does it have to automatically be a pop-up?
1: Because I don't believe you can add enough impact talent in one right, But off-season. if they're
3: good next year, then the following offseason, can't you add more talent? You can like why if they're good next year, isn't that something to build around? Why does that have to be pop up? Why can't that be sustain, uh, the beginning of sustained because success? Because I
1: don't believe you can go from three and fourteen with a roster that has one of your own number one picks on it. That's it, and very little impact talent, very little. To hey man, next year. We're back. We're in the playoffs, and now we'll keep building. I don't believe that that's feasible. But just the don't. Jags
3: flipped over 48% of their roster from last year to this year and became a first-place team, albeit the division stunk. But I just don't see why you can't believe that they could be better and build something that could be sustained why i don't know why it has to be a pop-up if they're good
2: i guess uh, simply put it's a shock collar around our our necks because we're so used to
1: that around it's here a great great analogy <laughs> that's a phenomenal <laughs> but, analogy but,
2: uh, Cam, i mean that's what we're used to around right. here right right i mean we're used to hey the team is good what happened oh because it's murphy's law there's injuries, there's always something, there's always drama, where it's like, oh, we're good, Oh, all of a sudden, now we drop back down. Oh, we're good, oh, we drop back down. So that's the reason why. The hope is that in this iteration of the Bears, that that doesn't happen. Shea's right.
1: That's the hope that doesn't happen, but that's what we're used to around here. Correct. And in 2018, yes, they had a generational defense. I get it. Absolutely, 100%. Allen Robinson was just coming into his own after the ACL. Solid. We had a young quarterback. Didn't turn out. They had some good young players on that team, and everyone thought, "Boy, take the next step now. Let's go." Not so much. All right. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. Three one two
2: three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. The team that impressed you the most uh, over the weekend with football, and also just your thoughts about the Bears. How close can the Bears be? If we saw the Giants and Jags do it, can the Bears do it? Dave, you ready? Yep. Okay, we'll talk to you about that question. also, still to come, some thoughts about Tom Brady. We'll talk about Tom Brady. Is he done? Ryan, we'll talk about Tom Brady coming up next. You ready, Ryan? Oh, I'm ready. All right, we'll talk about all that coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7.
1: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.
2: It's the Captain Jay hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Great to be back in the studio with you. But you let you know that the Vikings lost to the Giants, the uh, New England Patriots. They uh, are still looking to get back in the playoffs at some point. <laughs> just <not laughs> Poor Shea, his New England Patriots, just not in the mix. Um, nonetheless... The Vikings lost to the Giants. The Texans completed their interview process with Sean Payton. Of course, we saw yesterday the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They um, fell short against the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Tom Brady says uh, his future will be one day at a time. And Gina Lolo Brigida, Italian film legend, dies at age 95.
1: She was awesome. Yes. Growing up back in your day? Oh, man.
2: Gina Lolo Brigida?
1: Yes. She was
2: special. That was still like 30 years past your time. Those are World War II films, aren't they? Boy, are back.
1: I remember <laughs> as a little kid, yes. I'm like,
2: who is that woman? She's smoking. Hot. She's smoking it in black and white, Cap. Yes. Smoking even in black and white. Yes. we not even color film back then. Yes.
3: Listen, it's easy to be good looking in black and white. Black and white is the, uh, one of the best ways to watch movies.
2: I think, uh, yeah, the classic movies, absolutely,
3: even new ones. I love a good black and white film. Cap,
2: Uh, well, you grew up with black and white film, so that's all you know when you were a kid.
3: Cap grew up with uh, he. It was the transition from silent films to talkies. When Cap was coming (laughs) up,
2: you're unbelievable, man! (laughs) Wait wait a minute, (laughs) I'm a child. Yeah, 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 the cap. You had, you, but it was great to have that first
1: color TV when it came in, right? I remember that when my dad went out and spent... I don't remember how much it was. We got a VHS machine saying weighed about 800 pounds. 68, 69 maybe for your first color TV? We bought it at Polk Brothers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, first color TV was late 60s. Mm-hmm. as we were kids. And then in the late 70s, my dad said, we're going to Polk Brothers. And we bought... A TV and a VHS, hmm. and that was like, Five. oh my goodness! Five grand. That was big. <laughs> it was big money back then, man. <laughs> now you can get them in a freaking truck stop. Truck stop.
2: Crazy. Yes. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about the NFL playoffs. Just getting your thoughts three one two three three two three seven seven six. It was the best game that you saw over the weekend, and then we're talking about the Jaguars and the Giants being able to make it. They got to the postseason and won their games. So, how close are the Bears to those two teams? As we go to the phone lines to talk to you, here is uh, Downers Grove, Dave on ESPN one thousand. Good morning,
0: Dave. Good morning, guys. What's up? What's up, man? I'm chilling on the way to work.
2: There you go. So so what was the most impressive team that you saw on wild card weekend?
0: I
4: mean, I think in terms of one game, um, probably Jacksonville, obviously, with that comeback. But in terms of who I think the most impressive team is, I think you got like a 1 and a 1A. Your 1 is um, the 49ers, and 1A would be Jacksonville. I mm-hmm. uh, so throw the Giants in number three, but they had something brewing already with um, Saquon and Jones. So those guys have been around a few years. I get it. They had a new head coach and all, but I think you have to look at those two teams, 49ers and Jaguars, and the difference between the two is that the 49ers had three different starting quarterbacks this year. And now they got Mr. Irrelevant, literally the last pick in the entire draft led them through the playoffs
1: and won, I think, six games in a row, was it? With the win. Six six in a row, and he was magnificent over the weekend. Which is crazy,
2: right? This isn't three closers for the Sox to uh, win the World Series. This is three quarterbacks, the most important position in the NFL. Correct. So hats off to the system. Hats off to Shanahan. Correct. You have to give him his props, man. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the Jaguars, there's one thing to be said, Cap. Here's the question. Are you ready? Here's the question. If we're uh, on our uh, our sister station ESPN Los Angeles this morning, did the L.A. Chargers lose that game or did the Jaguars win it? Honest to God. I think that, that that was Jacksonville winning it. Here's why. Here's why I'll flip it on you and say this. I mean, you saw how they, they jagged that game away. Los Angeles.
1: No pun Bru- intended. Brutal.
2: Brutal. So... Obviously, as we're all watching it in real time, how in the hell with a 27 to nothing lead do you not run the football by design? And got a good back in Austin Eckler. What are you doing? You're out dumbing the room. That's what happened. Brandon Staley, smart guy, right? Guess not. So how is it that Los Angeles ran the football by design 24% of the time in the second half? How does that happen? It's the lowest rate by any team when leading in the second half this season. So you're you're just not going to run the football with a lead? You're not going to run the clock out? No, we're going to put it in the air. Oh, that's good. That's good. And, of course, their defense let down also. So all of that was just a witch's brew for the Jaguars to win that game. Again, cool that they were able to overcome four interceptions in the first half. But also, I can't give the Chargers any credit. Horrible job by Staley. You
3: know what else It really aggravated me? This guy's supposed to be the Riverboat gambler, right? Goes for it on fourth down more than any coach in the NFL. And people get on him about it because he makes dumb decisions. You know what was dumb? Fourth and three, you've got Herbert and you've got Eckler. And you're kicking a field goal to go up 13. And you miss it. You want to go up 13 and then you, the other team gets the ball in the red zone twice in the final eight minutes. I don't care if you got the field goal. They were getting a touchdown. They owned you in the second half. Fourth and three, you go for that and get it. You win the game. It's that simple. I know that you're looking at it from a gambling standpoint, Cap. Yeah. Just saying,
1: I, I, and to just to say, I would have, I think I would have taken the points. I would have. But you got to make the freaking the, just the the yeah. idea that this riverboat fourth down guy
3: who lives and dies by going for fourth down in that situation, you're going to pucker.
2: You're going to not be <laughs> who you are. What what is that? Yeah. But to to the point just to accentuate your point even more so. Shay, cap, you're watching it from a gambling standpoint. You don't have a dog in the hunt on either one of these teams, but just when you're watching a game and you see someone a team fourth and five, fourth and six, doesn't it make you say, "Okay," Sure, you want to go for this on fourth and sixth or fourth and seven? Correct. He, this guy does it all the time, this Staley with the Chargers. Correct. He's Throws looking Caution at, to the wind. Analytics is one thing. It's something that you could use. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to always play by the book, Cap. Stop. Sometimes common sense has to prevail. So does he get fired? I think eventually, yeah.
1: If you eventually this offseason, you mean? Yeah, I think so. It's got to happen in the next two days. What are you going to wait on?
2: Justin Herbert is too valuable for uh, that coach to be you know working with him. I mean, that's a guy there I think can be a really good quarterback in this league and be a perennial playoff quarterback in this league, but not with a chance taker like this. So, come do, on now. Do, are you calling Sean Payton? Of course you, you go to the top shelf.
1: Right. Every time. He interviewed in Houston yesterday and said I would absolutely be interested in coaching that team.
2: Yeah, he's got the ready-made quarterback right there who no and, and houston
1: oh you said uh houston right i'm saying if you're san diego or uh la yeah i would call sean Payton. Oh sure but he interviewed in houston yesterday and after it said i would absolutely be interested in coaching this team he could draft his quarterback 100 percent, and that's what concerns me if a guy like that goes there and says I'm not giving you four draft picks to move up one spot. Not happening, Ryan Poles.
2: Cap, like, could we overplay our hand? Cap, you're a coach. Don't you know when coaches are lying?
1: Come on now. But they have to give somebody like a, a long runway. They fired O'Brien. Then they had an interim. It was Romeo Crennel, right? <laughs> then they gave Cully a deal and fired him after one year. Then they gave Lovey a deal, fired him at... Whoever goes in there next is going to get, if they hire a big name. Twenty-five million dollars a year. Here's a six-year deal, and I'm getting out of your way. Yeah. You do everything you want. Yeah. It would be his franchise.
2: I w- I wish that uh, the Texans would do that. I can't guarantee that they would do that. You see how they're run, right? Yes. Okay. So let's let's not try to shine that organization up as someone that would be smart enough to be able to let Sean Payton just manage the team or coach the team. Not that team. Nope. Not that franchise. Absolutely not. That's a dumpster fire in Houston. It is. Ask, ask, ask Sean Salisbury. Is that a dumpster fire down there? Can't do it. He would know. He's, he talks about it every day on his talk shows in Houston. Absolutely not. 312 332 3776. I'd rather coach the Chargers. I got a ready made quarterback there. Absolutely.
1: Right. I don't disagree. I'm just wondering if the owner says, okay, I've tried everything. Take
2: it, Sean. Here's mm-hmm. the checkbook. Good luck. Mm-mm. Let me know. Your resume tells me who you are as a franchise. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Ryan Amount prospect on ESPN 1000. Hello, Ryan. Good
4: morning, gentlemen. Um, I would think for the team that looked best this weekend, I mean, it's the it's obviously the 49ers, and definitely props to Kyle Shanahan, but how about the owner for basically telling John Lynch, like, what's that? You need $150 million in a second-round pick for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, go ahead. He's not working out. Okay, trade three ones in a three for Trey Lance. He's... Injured? Okay, well, you know what? Start that, that Brock Purdy guy. Just the owner empowering the coach and the GM and say, I'm getting out of your way. Like you guys just said, go do what you want to do. That's the kind of owner I want. In Chicago, that's what every team in Chicago deserves. An owner that's going to say, we're going to do whatever it takes to win. I'm not taking anything away from the Niners. If anything, I'm just saying I wish the Bears, or I hope the Bears, will empower Ryan Poles to do that kind of stuff. And I've got to think the biggest difference between Brian Dayball and Matt Nagy is Brian Dayball won a playoff game. And I don't care if the Vikings are fakers or not. I mean, Matt Nagy could not do it. He had two times. I, I Okay, but if his kicker,
1: Ryan, if his kicker makes a freaking 43-yard <laughs> field goal, Matt Nagy has a chance with that defense to beat. They would already beaten the Rams once. He could have beaten the Rams. Now, I'm not telling you he's going on the road and beating the Rams and the Saints to get to the Super Bowl. But there are a lot of people thought, well, you get by the Eagles, you got a chance.
2: All right, my friend, we appreciate your telephone call. He All leaves line up for days. you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, the, Nagy and Santa slay it's fun. Yeah. What about now?
1: It's still fun. And he's interviewing today, I think, or he did yesterday, for the OC job in Tennessee. So hold on a second. The guy that I didn't come here to run the I formation, hi, I'd like you to meet Derrick Henry. <laughs> right? <laughs> and
2: guess what you're going to run? The I-form, yeah,
3: they'll be doing wing T, trick <laughs> plays out of the wing T. <laughs> you better
2: run the football. Then your, your Coach, yeah. you
1: didn't run the ball in Chicago that much, and you were quoted as saying, I didn't come here to run the I-form. Uh, I run the football here. That's what <laughs> we do. Nagy, Vrabel, Tannehill, and nobody wide receivers. That's
2: Army. They're going to be running wishbone. <laughs> it's going to be Army. Army football down there. <laughs> That'd be great. Three one two three three two espn three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. We're getting your thoughts about uh, Wild Card Weekend. What's the best team that you saw over the weekend? And just your overall thoughts. Hey, Giants and Jaguars moving on. Can the Bears do that sooner than later? Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7.
1: If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
2: It's the Cap and Jay Hood morning show here on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app, the same place where you can find the Bear Down podcast. When Black and Abdallah need more bears, go to the Bear Down podcast available now on the ESPN Chicago app. With you till 10 o'clock, then it's Greeny from 10 to 12. Carmen Yurko, you'll be able to hear the Kevin Warren press conference during their show. Carmen Yurko between 12 and 2. Waddle and Sylvie, 2 to 6. Black on Black and Abdallah from 6 to 8. Freddie and Fitzsimmons from 8 to midnight here on ESPN 1000. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. There he is, Joey G from Melrose Park. All right, Joey. Hello. Joseph! Good
0: morning. How are yous?
1: How are yous? Dad? Not
0: bad. You like that Italian accent, huh, Captain?
1: <laughs> I do like that accent. Dad.
0: Um, the best game that I saw uh, was actually the best coaching adjustment was the Jacksonville Jaguars.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Doug Peterson taking uh, that kid and uh, turning him around after four picks. Then he comes back and throws four uh, TDs. Uh, that would be my most impressive uh coaching turnaround uh this weekend. Um, you know what's
2: you know what's interesting about them Joey is that Jaguars they you know, we saw about, about this with Northwestern. We used to call them the Cardiac Cats, remember? The Northwestern? The Jaguars are the Cardiac Cats as well. They've this is like the third time they've had uh, a turnaround, uh, like down seventeen and was able to come back in the game. They've done this at least three times this year. The comebacks. Yes.
0: I agree with you 100%. And I, that's got to be credit to Doug Peterson from his uh, coaching experience, especially with Philadelphia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have a question for you. I don't know if i got enough time. Go ahead. If Mark. Justin Fields was on the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. would he be in the league quarterback in the NFL right now?
1: He would work well in that system. Really good question. I think he'd work well in that system. Agreed. 100% agree. He would absolutely be the guy they would cast their future with. If they could redo that draft, they would take Justin at three, not Trey Lance.
2: Easy, easy. Easy, easy. Teddy, hut hut, hut. He goes back to pass, and he's got a nice gate in front of him, the offensive line. Oh, I got time to throw? Hmm. I can go to the tight end. I can go to the wide receivers. I can run
1: the football. Hmm. Who, who's that different. guy wide open? That's George Kittle. <laughs> wow. Who's that guy running unfettered down the field? That would be Debo Samuel. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Brandon I.U. Hmm. Hmm. Who's the running back? Elijah Mitchell. Or we could run Debo Samuel on a jet sweep if you want. He's really good.
3: Yeah. By the way, wow. On the topic of this, since we're kind of just treating Thanks, this entire
1: Joey. show as around the NFL
3: today, one thing Brock Purdy is doing is driving a nail through Trey Lance, right?
2: No we question. Would think. No question.
1: But, man, they've got a lot invested in Trey Lance, man, to think that they're just going to wash their hands of him. Uh, yes, they will.
2: Say the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, even if they fall short. I think you have a quarterback that you could build on. Okay, what if they lose this week? What if they do? I think still Purdy makes it very difficult for Lance when he's healthy. Now you've got a quarterback controversy, which is not a bad
1: thing. Okay, Jimmy G is probably out of there then? Yep, for sure. He's a free agent? For sure. Okay, so let's assume Jimmy G ends up in, pick one. He's in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Just picked a random team looking for a quarterback. You're telling me they're going to go into training camp next year, a guy they gave three number ones up for, they're going to hand the keys to Brock Purdy on day one? Or who's who's at the top of the depth chart? When camp opens,
2: uh, that's Brock Purdy for now. As, as, as we stand here today, that's who it is. I know that sounds crazy, right? It does. But, but, but as our previous caller said, as an organization, you just don't stand, pat. well, I feel bad about the guy we got. No, you go with what's hot. If Brock Purdy is doing well now, what can Trey Lance do about it? You could compete in training camp, and get your job back. But like our previous caller said, 49ers are not just standing still, man. Not standing stand still. We got to keep moving. Oh, it's not this quarterback. It's not this quarterback. All right, it's our third string. Oh, it seems like the offense works. Purdy, you're the guy for now. Absolutely. You don't worry about what's
1: behind you. You worry about what's in front of you, pal. Right. I'm saying if he goes out this week and struggles and, oh, boy, they're out. Dallas is moving on. You got a quarterback controversy and a damn good one. I would think going into camp. Now, again, they could go get Tom Brady and all of this is moot. But if it's... Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Trey Lance is number one on the depth chart. Hmm. Now if he takes him to the Super Bowl, well that's all bets are off.
2: What do I always tell you? I care about what's what I can watch, touch and feel versus what I don't. Mm-hmm. The, the, what I can see and what I see now versus what I do not. I don't see Trey Lance. I see Brock Purdy. Sorry. That's the way it works, man. Did you yes. lose your job because of injury? Yes, you did. Did you lose your spot because of injury? Possibly. Right. It used to be a thing in the 90s we used to talk about all the time under Duonsted, where there'd be a quarterback or a player that lost his job because of injury. He can't lose his job because of injury. Yes, he can. Because that's the way the football works. No one stands still waiting for you, pal. Correct. It's the way it is. Correct. It's Business. Business. So, Cap, when you hear this...
1: I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard for you guys, too. It's hard for us players to make it through, and you guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, uh, all you regulars, and... um just very grateful for the respect, and and I uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much.
2: When you hear that from Tom Brady, is that him saying goodbye to Tampa or saying goodbye to the National Football League? Tampa. There's no way he wants to go out like that, right? Well, he had several opportunities to write his own ending to his book. He had every opportunity to be able to say, I won the Super Bowl, goodbye, everybody. Nope not Tom Brady, want to continue to play because I'll never retire. Woo! Like Ric Flair, right? Right. I mean, Brady pretty much is Ric Flair without the robe. That's who he is. I'll never retire. Okay, cool. So it sounded like to me Tom Brady is saying goodbye to Jenna Lane and everybody else that works in Tampa. I think he has one more run left in him because when I look at this league, whether it's Seattle, Atlanta, whether it's New Orleans, whether it's Carolina, Washington, Vegas, Denver, Houston, Indianapolis, the Jets, Brady could be able to play for any of those teams. He's better than any of those quarterbacks of those teams I just mentioned. He could he
1: could fill the bill in all those teams I just mentioned. He threw 66 passes last night,
2: which is insane.
1: 66. Do you know what the over under was you could bet last night that he would throw, attempt 45 passes, 45 and a half. I went over. Not thinking it was going to get to 60. Sixty-six. I can't believe he ends it this way. He's single. Come on. What's he going to do? Go back, go in the broadcast booth and stand up there and go, I could have gone to the Jets. I just gave you nine or ten teams that he could start
2: for today. Now, it would just be a one-off now. It's not like for four or five years. I'm just saying those teams I just mentioned he could start for. Does San Francisco, if they
1: don't win it, now if they win it with Brock Purdy, all bets are off. If they lose, does Tom Brady go, I'm going to go play at least one year where my parents live in San Francisco. I'm going to live right near them, and we're going to finish it out this way.
2: Don't mortgage your future for it, but absolutely. Certainly For for just a one year? One year? Absolutely. All right. Shot or no shot comes your way in two minutes right here on Cap and J-Hood.